Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to this very special edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. You guys are in for a real treat. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast Cody Bolden and Greg Shaddix. We are down one, though. Conspicuously absent with this trio is Jonathan Payton. As I understand it, he's probably down in the Honduras hanging out with a Harry and or Leticia down there with Alma Coffee having a great time. Uh, but we'll get him in the studio sometime soon. Welcome, welcome, guys. What's going on, man? Good oh, to be here. I have been so looking forward to doing this. If there's anybody out there who listens to this show that doesn't know who Greg Shaddix and Cody Bolton is, you're going to know by the time we finish this conversation. But one of the things that makes it uh, really uh, timely to have this conversation, you guys are going to get together. Uh, along with Jonathan Payton, and you're putting on a show in Canton. I'll, I'll start with you, Cody. Uh, why, when, where? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, so when, February 26th, uh, this year it's a Saturday, February 26th at 7 p.m. at the historic Canton Theater in downtown Canton uh, is the when. The why is because I mean we're, we're Cherokee County people. I, I myself live in downtown Canton, and uh, it's such a cool theater and one that uh, – really really cool shows can go on there so i've always wanted to to do a show there and just kind of had the opportunity to do it early this year so that's that's the why and the when and the cause is just because <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i'm not familiar with the theater but my wife holly and i are both going so color us there we're really looking forward to it <clears throat> and we were talking before we went on the air. I think we're going to make a date night of it, right? Yeah, so. yeah. And really, that's kind of what we we want this show to be a lot more than come see live music. It's Cody and Jonathan and Greg. We want it to be a come visit downtown Canton because we we think it's such a cool community that has so much to offer. Um, and we've got support locally from some of the restaurants. So we want you to come uh, eat dinner beforehand, hang out, go to the show, and then maybe grab drinks afterwards all right there. Yeah. So, Greg, I won't ask you why. I'll ask you why, Cody. And why, why Jonathan? Because <laughs> they ask me. <laughs> there you go. I'll be honest with you. I mean, big props to both Cody and Lauren Bolden because they're, they're really behind the scenes doing, especially Lauren. I mean, she even bribed you, Stone, with pie <laughs> from the pie bar. That's right. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think, uh, first off, I think we're all real similar as far as our musical styles. We're different enough, but similar enough in um, what we're doing. And I think kind of like to reiterate what Cody said, we're all Cherokee County folks, you know, Jonathan and I both live here in Woodstock and Cody's in Canton. And on top of that, we've got this beautiful theater. So let's, let's make some local homegrown music in it. I think it'll be a good time. I do too. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna, it's really neat because um, I would say of the three of us, um, myself and Jonathan and Greg, I've got the latest start on music, but what's what's neat is uh, one of the first times I ever played out live was at like a, a competition event, and Greg was one of the judges at the event. That's right. <laughs> um, so it's it's neat to me because when I you know when I was when we were putting this show together, the only the, the not the only two, but the first two that came to mind were Jonathan and Greg. So uh, I'm excited about it. It's going to be a great show. Um, 
I've I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. If even if I wasn't on this bill, this is this is a show that I would be going to. So do tell us, Cody, first, and I'm going to come back to you, Greg, because I, I want to know your story as well. But tell us a little bit about the backstory. How did you get into this? Yeah, so um, my wife and I own a pie shop right here in downtown Woodstock. Um, but just before we opened that, I'd always I didn't grow up in a musical household. We never had a guitar sitting around. Um, both my parents always loved music, and they always sang to the radio. But we've never really been instrumentally inclined i guess would be the easiest way to put it uh and two uh lauren heard me say that enough times my wife that she finally bought me a guitar for christmas and uh you know i, I did what i think most people do i, I played it for you know, five or ten times and just kind of was like eh, it's just too much work for what i want to do and a year went by and the next year for christmas she bought me lessons so i picked it back up oh, wow and uh when I picked it back up is right when they started building Mad Life right here in Woodstock that shares a parking lot with us at Pie Bar. And I got to know the owners of uh, Mad Life and just music was kind of like present, you know, not not just music, but like the idea that you can make your own music. And that's a thing. You can write yeah. your own songs. You can play your own music. And really, that's kind of what's always attracted me. Um, covers are cool and I love other music, but just the idea of like you can make your own and not coming up in a household like that it was never really even an idea and the fact that not only is it not can you do it but it's it's celebrated especially kind of here in this community as well live live original music is celebrated um so it just kind of stayed on the forefront of my mind and and watching mad life be built and talking with mike and carrie uh just kind of stayed inspired so it, it hadn't really stopped since then. And I do want to give a shout out to Mad Life. We had Mike in the studio. It's been a, been a little while. And you can just, his passion and his genuine interest in helping people in the in, in the entertainment industry, uh, you get out there and do their thing. Yeah. I mean, this guy is, uh, and he, the energy he and Carrie have uh, yeah. around, yeah. I don't know how they do it, you know, <laughs> and run the business and, and everything like that. So, uh, God love them. And then, of course, you know, I, I love the little the little shrimp appetizer and all that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'll go oh, grab yeah, a beer and I'll stand around yeah. and I'll see you picking and grinning. That's right. And it, I'll tell you, it is kind of cool because in a community like this, you get to know some people. Right. And it is, I got, you feel like a big shot when you walk up and, and when Greg's on stage, you'll give you a little nod you know like yeah, I, I know this guy yeah. especially like if i have family or friends in town you're like oh stone knows everybody yeah, well after this he might call you out by name when you, show up. <laughs> you never know now that you let me on your show yeah, that's right how did you get started man well you know what i grew up and and uh a lot of people in this area we started in church that's how I started, just like anybody else. Mm. And um, my dad's a preacher, and I started singing in his church. You know, you learn the old hymns and those things, and then one thing leads to another. And kind of like Cody said, one day you're like, wait a minute, I can do this too. I can make something rhyme and write down a story and make it rhyme. And it just never stopped. I've been doing it ever since. And I've always been infatuated with stories and story songs. I mean, my heroes are John Prine and people like that that oh, wow. tell stories in their songs. And uh yeah, it's just kind of snowballed from there. And now everything I do to some extent is related it, whether it's my own music. Actually these days it's less my own music and it's more I wanna hey, that was a great song. Let's do something to let other people hear your song. And uh yeah, so then we started the podcast and 
just keeps rolling. Well, yeah, I've been stalking you on Facebook. Yeah. You more recently, Cody, because everywhere I go, I hear your name. Okay. <laughs> so your CMO, <laughs> Warren Bolden, station. is doing a great job, or whoever. <laughs> yeah, that's my manager. <laughs> so I've, I've been stalking you more. Re- I've been stalking you for since we moved yeah. since we moved here. And one of the things that, that I have noticed is a great deal of your effort is in kind of sh- shining the light on other musicians. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. And I mean, even with my podcast, the Mockingbird, shameless plug, but. The reason it's called the Mockingbird is because the Mockingbird, the actual bird itself, it repeats other bird songs. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. And, uh, yeah, I was telling Cody as we were coming in, I was like, yeah, I met Stone one night. We were over at the Reeves house, and I was sitting out there picking, and he showed up, and he stayed the whole time. And <laughs> known him ever since. I don't even know what the event was. That's not why. I, yeah. That might have been why I went, but it's not why I stayed. I stayed because I was listening to Greg. Yeah. Well, and back to your point earlier, Stone, is the fact this town – you, it is very community based, and the same goes for Canton at the Canton Theater in that area. You know, you can just walk around and stop right. here and hang out for a minute, and then go over here and hang out for a minute. And it it is very community oriented. And Cody and I and Jonathan too, yeah. even going to, right down to Alma Coffee. I mean, it's it's all about this community. Well, I'd say what what's Canton has happened to me both in Canton and in Woodstock. In Woodstock, um, back on the Elm Street Green, right across from Reformation, I've played a couple of shows there with a full band. And then uh, in Canton on the street in front of Green Line, they do during Friday, first Fridays they do this thing on the street. But um, more more than three or four times, I've been on a set break and I'd see somebody I know. They said, you know, I was like four streets over and I heard that. And I, yeah, I, yeah, that, I thought that was you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I had to come check it out. Yeah, right, exactly. And and um, just that it's the support of like, oh, you hear somebody you know playing, and then you go and you know and yeah. support that. And that's that's kind of the big thing I think that we've got here is. Is a supportive community. Well, we really do. And um, I can remember having a conversation with you on a break. And you know what you talked about? Not you. Not your music. You, you talked about Jonathan Payton. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> Which, as it turns out, I knew the guy. I just didn't make the connection yeah, because sure. I had seen him at a, a Young Professionals of Woodstock. Which yeah. I, I don't know why they let me go to that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not young. Uh, but, but I mean, that's just your spirit. That's clearly Cody's spirit. Yeah. But I think that's true about a lot of people in Canton, which like Cherokee County, that's been my experience so far. Yeah, yeah I know for me coming up and Cody's probably the same way too. Like, especially in music, there was a time where, and I, I say this a lot on my show, but the, the feast and famine mentality, in other mm. words, Hey, how did you get in there to get that show? And nobody would tell you, right. Th- there's room for everybody. And I personally, my kind of my ethos or my MO, if you will, is like, be the person you wish you would have had Yeah. when you were, I mean, as young as 13, you know, I've seen kids like, like an Anna Schenholster or Mason Embers from the time, literally they're 13 to now they're 18 and they're out there playing their own shows. And like, I didn't have that person when I was a kid, right. you know, to, or even tell you it was possible. Yeah. And I will say too, the more, the more that I've played, the more that I've grown in playing and the, and the bigger shows I'm getting and the more I'm playing out of town, not everywhere is like that. I mean, there are still those places where it, it is like, no, I worked hard to get this. Why would I give you any leg up? Because that's going to hurt me. And that I know Greg feels the same way, and so does Jonathan. It's not, there's enough live music out there for everybody. And then everything we're doing is different. I mean, you could take my song, and Greg could sing it, and you wouldn't know it was even my song because yeah. Greg's going to sing it the way right. he sings it. Same thing with Jonathan and so on and so forth. And I think that that kind of community just uh, breeds more creativity because you're not trying to be 
that. You're not trying to be whatever that is, whatever selling or whatever else. You're only it's it's supported that you're being what you want to be, and people right. are going out. So I think it only makes everyone else better in the long run. So how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a musician? I, you know, I've sold training, consulting, speaking. If I had to sell anything physical, I'd starve to death. Right. <laughs> but, but how does it work in, in, in your world? I, I mean, I could, I could kick that one off. So for me, yeah. uh, at least my uh, methodology is just, it, the product has to be good. Yeah. And that's the song. So, mm. like, you should be able to, to me, I think, uh, you should be able to play your song with the guitar and it be, or sing it, you know, by yourself and it'd be good. But it starts for me with the lyrics in the song. And then you kind of build off of that. Um, but just like everything else, it's hard work. You still have to market it. I mean, you can have a great song, but if no one ever hears oh. it and you want that to be successful, then it doesn't do you much good. Yeah. Um, but I think, I, I think all too often, just like in a lot of things, uh, the song itself gets looked past, and then you start, you see past that. But I think, for me, it always has to start with the, the product has to be good to start with. Yeah, I mean, you've got to offer the listener or the consumer, however they are, you've got to offer them something that they actually want to listen to, for sure. Whether it's a story they relate to or, you know, or it could just be a melody that's stuck in their head. And then on top of all that, I mean, it's just a lot of social media. Like, I mean, that that's you know, huh. that's okay. kind of it today, you know, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok. I mean, you know, you do, you just kind of have to dive in and see what sticks. And, yeah. you know, each one's different for different reasons. And you just got to constantly put your face out there, whether you want to or not. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you say that because for me, um, it is such a weird thing. Like self-promotion is such a, it's a weird thing. It's something you really have to get over if you're, you know, yeah, especially like, that. especially small time, you know, if you're going to, you don't have somebody that's <coughs> promoting all your stuff, you have to promote your own stuff. You know, like if you were selling tires, you're, you're, you're selling that tire. It's a lot easier to sell that tire than it is like, look at me, look what I'm doing, look how good at I am at it. So it's, yeah. it's really, right. you know. Yeah, it does. You're right. It takes a minute to get over, and that might be the reason why I started promoting other people more than myself. Maybe I don't know. But isn't it interesting? Or I'm I'm extrapolating from my world. You have a show where you're spotlighting other people. You spend a lot of your energy holding other people up, and I am willing to wager it's already starting to come back to you tenfold. For, oh, right. Oh, I'm a huge I'm a huge believer in that. One thousand percent. What? Yes, you will definitely get back what you put out there into the world. I'm a huge believer of that, and yeah, yes, you're. There's no way I can't even add to that. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Just by the way, uh, those of you you can't see us, we're in studio. Cody's wrestling with his hat and his headphones. I have a product idea. Speaking of sales and marketing, okay, because I'm a hat guy. I have hats in the studio. I intend to, comp- you know, if anybody gives me a hat. I'll put it in the studio. If they give me two, I'll put one in the studio and I'll wear one everywhere. <laughs> the hat I had on before we got started was one of my clients, Alpha and Omega Automotive. Uh, but I've got this idea, Cody, is to have um, a, a hat that has like this flap. Then you put the headphones and you put the flap over the headphones. It's <laughs> not a bad idea. Yeah. I came up speaking of musicians and, and trying to help them talking about promoting themselves. Um, this one musician that comes to my open mic every Wednesday uh, he's missing one of his legs from, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the story, but, uh, it's his left leg. And I was like, well, I got two ideas for you. Number one, his name's band, the name of his band is seven feet above. There's four of them. So do the math. I think it's a great <laughs> name. <laughs> secondly, secondly, I was like, man, you should start an eBay store 
and all you do is sell left shoes, and it's called Take a Left. <laughs> this guy is creative. Isn't he? I mean, come on, tell you can't tell me that there's not a whole bunch of people out there in the world that need a left shoe in the same predicament, you know, that are, well, they're missing their right. Not only that, not only. There are, and then he even specializes because it's got to. It's going to be his size, exactly. So he's yeah, in a niche yeah, market. Yeah. yeah, it's a niche market. I sell ten and a half lifts <laughs> in a variety yeah. of shoes. It's not just one make. You know, I got your Sunday dress shoe. I got yeah. your Converse. You and know, if whatever. you need a sock, we could we could come up with that. Oh, I yeah. guarantee it. <laughs> so once you do start to get some traction, like you guys and Jonathan have, do you have some physical, tangible stuff that you? sell or you use to promote like the do you do like the hats and the shirts and the in the bumper stickers is that part of the thing it is yeah. um yeah so what i'm finding now because um so for like for me personally for this show um i'm playing everywhere but canton leading up to this show okay um yeah and and just kind of to speak to the business side of it the canton theater show is a ticketed show um so if i'm out playing uh you know four nights a week for free in woodstock and downtown canton why would somebody pay 22 to 38 dollars to come see me right right um so things like uh the hats the t-shirts the stickers when i'm playing in uh aniston alabama this weekend i see i knew that because i've been stalking you yeah yeah (laughs) i'm playing in aniston out so i'm getting i'm getting paid for the event but i'm not quite at the level yet where i'm getting paid enough that it's paying for everybody plus our food plus our gas plus our hotel yeah um so the merch really kind of makes up it's kind of that supplemental income um so and that's really you know at least from what i can tell a lot of a lot of tour and artists right now um that's kind of where they're making up for lack of ticket sales on like a tuesday night in a town because attendance has been down with you know with covid and everything else um so really that's almost a necessary supplemental thing yeah i think right now and it's doing double duty, right? Because now you're at, you're getting promotion for right. the benefit of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now you got people in Aniston wearing. Sure. And, and what's the, you have a a band as well? I do. So we're or at Co- least in Aniston, you do. No, well they're here. So it's Cody Bolden and the Road Hands. The Road Hands. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Neat thing about so I met um, a neat thing about that the the very the original Road Hand is uh, Jason Holland. He plays drums for me, and uh, I met him at Pie Bar. Um, he came in and was looking for some extra work i think really just to fill time he started washing dishes for us he already had a full-time job he was just looking for really? something else i did not know that i met him at uh yeah he came in and started washing dishes for us and uh that like a few weeks after he started working for us i played at an open mic at mad life uh, undiscovered event and uh told him you know i was like you know because i I literally walked next door with my guitar so he saw me with my guitar <laughs> so he came over and watched me and uh at the end of it, he said, hey, I used to play in a band. If you ever need a drummer, let me know. I said, well, as a matter of fact, I just took a full band gig in two months, and I need a full band, so I can <laughs> start with a drummer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so he's been with me ever since. And then the other guys are kind of around between Atlanta and Calhoun area, so they're all right around here. Yeah, and then for me, I play with uh, Dallas McGee. We're the Cosmic Cowboys. I mean, technically, if you look us up on Facebook, it's the Cosmic Cowboy Metaphor Company. <laughs> but we just just call us the Cosmic Cowboys, and uh, we got speaking of shirts, I got to get it made. I'm hoping I can get it done before this show. But uh, our friend Buddy Finnethy designed us one, and because yeah. people always laugh at us because we'll argue for a little while and then we'll play a song, and it's just the <laughs> dynamic that we have. It's friendly argument, nothing you know, nothing terrible. And um, 
but he made us a shirt where both rock 'em sock 'em robots with our faces on them, and it just says "Play a little, fight a little" on the bottom of it. <laughs> and it it's, I had it's that toy as a kid. Did, yeah. Yeah. I did. Actually, I had that toy too. I did too. <laughs> Uh, so, and I'll speak for Jonathan too. Jonathan's going to be playing with Abigail, and I don't know if you've seen uh, them out live yet, but um, they have incredible harmony. So oh, Abigail man. is his wife, so it's him and his wife. Oh, I, how cool is that? Yeah. Oh, we got to get him in here because we got to ask him about that dynamic, right? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and you'll 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 see it and hear it when you come to the show, but you'll feel it too. I mean, it's just something yeah. about them two together. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great show. I'm I'm looking forward to it. We've got. Um, Support from the local community. As a matter of fact, the the first real open mic I did, uh, and I call it real because the first time I played at Mad Life, I, pro- I wasn't really ready to play yet. But I had uh, been talking with Mike, and I, I knew um, I knew two song, three songs at the time. Um, and he's like, "Hey, we're going to be doing this thing. Come out and play." And I played it. But then when we moved to downtown Canton, Greenline Brewery had just started doing. Uh, an open mic in their space uh. and i could walk down there with my guitar and play like a 30 minute open mic of all original songs um and they've kind of been there with me since the start too so they're on support for this show they're they're literally right across the street from the theater um so the, maybe that's where holly and i have our um date night right we start yeah. there and maybe we start there and end there we'll book end it with green light that's, that's right yeah. that's right well not only that but you got you got your face on one of their cans i do too. yeah yeah so they're they oh the, my gracious yeah they can their first canned beer is alan brook lager and they they do what they call an artist series and so i think they'll do i think they're continuing to do this as they release canned beer yeah there's more coming yeah, yeah. Um, so it's got my face on the back. I should have brought you one. I, I can definitely get you one. Well, we'll um, do if you can, but yeah. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be, and so I'll just buy yeah. probably more than one. <laughs> That's yeah, all right. Should, but I'll tell them, bring the can. Don't just pour it in the glass. Yeah. <laughs> Give that yeah. the can. Uh, well, uh, uh, the other night I was there, because um, like I said, I can walk down there. So for me, it, that's yeah. my spot to go. I just go down there and um, Hannah uh she works at Green Line, and I was I was drinking Allen Brooks, and I had two or three, but she was not like collecting the cans, so I was starting this little pyramid, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like a pyramid of cans with my face with on your it. Face it on such, it. Yeah. That is a weird. She's like, I'm going to clear those out before uh, yeah, somebody, people start thinking you have, you have an issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys? I was going to say, still get nervous because that's assuming that you ever did, but. Do you get a little nervous when it gets close to showtime and they get and somebody denounces you or it's just your turn to get up? Do you get butterflies? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, <clears throat> there was a time, and I'm not kidding, I used to get like, I would actually have to, I would get ill right before I went on every time, every show. Nowadays, and, I, and, and this, nowadays I actually feel more comfortable up there than I do... Like, I'm notorious about, and I love talking to people, don't get me wrong, but I'm notorious after the show of not wanting to go out and talk and hang out. That's why I have Dallas, because Dallas will talk to anybody. (laughs) Whether they want him to talk to him or not, he will do it. And uh, I I don't know. For me, these days, it's like I'm actually, I'd rather be, it's it's almost like a security blanket in a weird way these days. Yeah. Um, Oddly, I've never really gotten... uh, I don't really get stage fright or I haven't gotten stage fright. And when I have, um, it's in the like unusual spaces. Like it's not for the big shows. I don't know. I just kind of block it out in my mind. I don't really think I just, yeah. I'm like, Oh, it's time to do whatever this is. Well, the small shows are harder. Well, and that's what I was going to say. I've, I've not like, I don't get nervous for the big shows where they introduce your name and all this stuff. But like 
not long ago, I did an open mic out on the Mad Life patio on on just a Tuesday night. You know, there's like sometimes eight people there, sometimes forty five people there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I felt my heart racing during that, but yeah, it's it's an odd thing. But now, like like for this year, I probably won't get uh, stage fright, and I think part of it is um, this particular band that's playing with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all way way better musicians than I am, so I know that if I get up there and I just if I, if I broke a hand, I would be fine because yeah. all those guys are, they got know, your back. They got it. Yeah. So, do you have a uh, like a pregame ritual, like day of show? Will you? I don't like eat eat differently or not do some stuff or do some other stuff. Is there a a prep ritual for something like this? For me, I, I have to be like real. I need like thirty minutes where it's just don't don't talk to me. Not 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 in a rude way. Like just let me yeah. kind of be for a minute. Because uh, a big part of my show is, I mean, we play songs that we wrote, and I think they're good, and I think Dallas's songs are, are really good, too. But there's a lot of banter. We'll talk a lot. So a lot of times I'm going through my head, like, figuring out what story am I about to tell or which story am I about to make up. Because <laughs> you're not going to know the difference. I can promise you that. Right, I'm sure. <laughs> now, I mean, no, not necessarily, and I think that's part of not – do anything that's going to make me nervous. I really wouldn't do anything different other than I like that. I like like that. Um, if if it's somewhere like this one is going to be an odd one, this Canton Theater show because I got family mm-hmm. coming to town and they're going to be staying at our house. So it's oh my, you know, and we're going to have <laughs> friends in town. And it's just I like for that too. I would if I could just go to a room and sit by myself for like thirty minutes to just bring it here, you know, yeah. get it all reeled in. Um, but sometimes it's hard to do on some of those shows, especially playing it. Like I, I mean, I know playing at uh, Smith's Old Bar in Atlanta. Sometimes the pre the pre show, there's so because there's three bands playing, everybody's yeah. kind of sharing the same green room area. It's really just kind of like chaos. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it's, it is. it's just as much of a show backstage as it is, you know, out front. Um, but no, I mean, and and sometimes shows like that too, like the logistics of it. I remember I played a show. This that made me think of this story. I played a show at Smith's Old Bar. This is years ago. And I it was uh, I was opening for Corb uh, Lund. Yeah, yeah. But it was just me and a guitar, and there was three bands. Corb's headlining it, and so they put a full band on. And at Smithso Bar upstairs, there's a big curtain right that closes up the whole stage, so you can't see the stage until the artist is out there. So they put a full band on, and they get done. They did great. They just raised the roof on the place. And then the curtain closes, and I'm standing out there all by oh, myself. You were second, oh, baby. I was second. I was like, who did this? <laughs> Whose idea was this? Yeah, like, put me on first. Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> I'm sandwiched in between two bands. It went. It, it ended up being fine. Okay. It, was a, it was a very supportive crowd. But that is the last time that I can remember literally sitting there like, Shaking my hands out, my knees were a little knocking because yeah. you can hear them out there. It's a sold out crowd, oh, wow. and you can hear them out there in this curtain <laughs> yeah. between me and them. Like this is, this is awful. Well, Stone, and this is for you. You know, just kind of like a, a kind of like a key of music. Like when you do multiple events, you usually want to build the sound. So, like okay. in that case, um, 
if the headliner was a full band, you'd want the the group before them to be a full band or maybe a piece or two less. And then you open with like an acoustic act. Yeah. But but if somebody comes out there and they're just ripping and then you got like a solo acoustic act. Yeah, singing but now, a bunch of sad stories. Now, you know, the crowd is up here and then we come out and we're like, well, you yeah. know. <laughs> As my friend Roger Brainerd says, you want to hear a fast song about death and dying or a slow song about yeah. death and dying? <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so you kind of want to build that thing. So it's kind of, yeah, yeah. Oh man, my knees were knocking. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been nervous in that situation. It was, it was terrible. So do you find yourselves when you are in that situation and and there's multiple acts that occasionally, or maybe more than occasionally you click with some of them. And then after every, everybody's gone home and you guys are hanging out and do you find yourself in the back room or a nearby bar and you just like kind of just jam and just hang out? Oh yeah, that that totally happens. Yeah. That's, that's my vision of it, you know, like the, <laughs> yeah. my uh, uh, glorified vision of the lifestyle, right, is we'll go, you know, we'll hang out at 2 o'clock in the morning and just, yeah, yeah that, totally is, that really does happen. Like sometimes, too, like the craziest stories happen out of those. Another night at Smith's Bar, I opened up for Ray Wiley Hubbard, and at the time we both had acrylic nails. That's how we played our guitar was our picks. And he was, so it's me and this living Texas country legend, in my opinion, sitting at, at a booth eating chicken fingers, telling each other the best way to get to an acrylic nail shop on the road. It was the wildest. <laughs> like, I wish to this day that I had that moment recorded, yeah. even if it was just for me, because you tell that story and feel like, well, you know, I don't know if that's true. No, it 100% happened. <laughs> just sitting there talking about fake acrylic nails and yeah. guitar pick over chicken fingers. You know, it's just, yeah. So there are those moments that only, I guess, the musicians get to share that yeah, almost are sometimes unbelievable. I'll bet. And, right. No, I was going to, well, and to the other side of that, sometimes you get, I mean, it's really an odd thing. Some of the the guys you think are going to be the coolest aren't the coolest at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And they won't give you the time times. of day, especially if you're like the opening, you're like, the local opening act and it's a tour night coming through that you probably have a lot of respect for and you just want to say hello to them yeah that happens too but there is there is this and you don't really understand it till you're in it there's there's so much downtime involved like in between yeah sound check and the actual show and uh, especially on the road like if you're traveling between that's kind of i've heard people too uh, talk about tour and this you you get paid to travel you do the yeah. show for fun. Yeah. You get paid <laughs> to carry your gear around. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, right. I mean, even with the, the, the show on February 26th at the Canton Theater, I mean, you know, we're going to get there way before anybody way before sees me us and Holly, on stage. Huh? Yeah. yeah we're, I mean, we're sound checking. So, and also the way you do it in reverse order, how you sound check. So the headliner sound checks first. So the person that's going to be there the latest, too, also has to get there the earliest because you oh, do it in geez. reverse order. Because that way, when everybody comes out, everything is set to that. Yeah. So, like, we'll get there. Um, we're sound checking at three o'clock on that on that Saturday. Yeah. So there's just all of that. Time. So when you're sound checking, the, the the important stuff is set to the headliner. So you have to kind of adapt, or there's just a way to make sure your stuff's going to work too yeah. without screwing up. Their well, a good stuff? sound man, good sound man will have. It'll all be preset for each of us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and we do have a good sound man for this one. His yeah, name's uh, Jason Jenkins. But um, essentially, but it's it's like we'll have. I have a full band, so they'll have a drum kit and everything. So that drum mm-hmm. kit can get out and set up, and uh, it stays out there while everyone else is playing. So when we, you know, when we come out, it's already there. There's not a whole lot of interchange right. time. So yeah. it's it's in everyone's best interest that way. It just you know 
sometimes there's a lot of downtime involved. So I'll tell you what's going to be fun for me, and I don't know if it'll be six months from now or six years from now, but I went to a James Taylor concert last time uh, that, that uh, he was in town, and uh, he, people kept running him different guitars. <laughs> and I'm going to really enjoy when I see you guys up there <laughs> and you're not moving, people are just bringing you different guitars. I'm like, <laughs> I'll be like, I knew them when. <laughs> You'll have to buy more guitars. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I don't want to break it to you, but I don't think any of us are James Taylor yet, yeah. so we'll all be no. playing the same guitar. Well, he does play with acrylic nails. Does he? He does. does he really? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and his what? What do you call it? The, the not the not the headliner. What do you call the other? The warm up or the, the opener? Yeah. Opener. Okay, it was Jackson Brown? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, but and, and James Taylor was such a class act, though. During that set, he came um, during that set and played in the. Uh, in the uh, in the background, he was like a background singer oh, how that, for Jackson. Awesome. So I mean, oh, I just nice. thought that was a real class act kind of kind of kind of thing to do. All right, so what can we expect when we get to this event? So Holly and I, um, we didn't go VIP, but there's a couple of different levels of tickets. There are, yeah. So we got the early admission. So tell us what what we can ex- expect when when we get there. Yeah. So I'll, and I'll start with yeah. If it, there may be one more VIP ticket available but the way we did it um and the way this theater is set up to me i don't think there's really a bad seat and um i don't uh we wanted to do it and we didn't want to like pre-choose your seat so we did three different levels of tickets so we do a, a vip admission an early admission and general admission um so VIP admission gets in the doors a little bit early, actually at 530, because we're doing like a little acoustic show with those. So it was something we wanted to offer cool. something a little special yeah. for like, you know, because it's a little it's a little bit more money for those tickets. But essentially they get in at 530 and they can choose whatever seats they want in the theater. And then we're doing a little like 15, 20 minute. We're all going to play a song, tell a little story about it and then um, hang out with those guys for just a little bit. And then the next tier down, which would be what I think y'all got, which is early admission, that mm-hmm. gets you in at six fifteen. Um, so you'll only you'll get to go in and choose whatever seats weren't available after VIP admission or whatever right, you know, right. so whatever they didn't choose. So you'll still get to you'll still have a pretty good because we didn't do we only did a limited amount of VIP tickets that way it yeah it wasn't overfilling. So you still got um, really good tickets, and you'll get to go in and choose your seats. And then general admission is. Um, doors that for them are at 6 30 so they'll come in and choose their seats um what after vip and and mm-hmm. and general or an early admission but honestly there's not no matter what time you get in there you're you're not going to get a bad spot. well that's what i was thinking yeah, I, not. I haven't seen the venue but i mean it's a it's a fairly intimate venue it so is. I, bet, Absolutely. I bet there's not a bad seat in the house yeah there's 170 seats in there um and it's such a such a big space as far as like what the stage and all is all the seats are there's not a bad spot, and you'll see it. And you, it's such a cool thing. I mean, oh, it's beautiful yeah. too. I mean, it's a beautiful theater, and, and it, it hasn't been that long ago that they just went in and completely renovated the mm-hmm. whole place. I mean, over the last several years, it's not been that long, and it's. I mean, it's top notch. It's beautiful. Yeah, and so it's, it's a seven o'clock show. Yep, seven o'clock show. So um, depending on what ticket you get, depending on what time the doors are, at the latest it would be six thirty. Um, Greg and Dallas are kicking it off at seven o'clock, and then um, Jonathan and Abigail will be after them, and then we'll come on after that. And in between each one, there'll be a little uh, intermission break because we're going to have drinks and stuff there. So uh, Greenline is one of the sponsors, but they're Sweet. also yes, yeah, so they're also offering. Uh, so there'll be beer and wine. They'll have little snacks there. Um, something else too, if you wanted to come down early and eat, one of the other sponsors is Kell Hospitality. 
Uh, he owns three restaurants in downtown Canton. So that's Queenie's, uh, Downtown Kitchen, and Going Coastal. All are great. Oh, all oh, are a yes. little bit different. Yeah. Um, so for you, you know, like for you, the doors at 615, I, I would get down there around five o'clock maybe four forty-five. eat dinner at one of those places yeah come to the show hang out and then go to green line afterwards because i'm pretty sure i don't have anything written on paper but green is going to offer some some de- deals if you come in with your ticket whether it's half off your first beer or whatever that may be yeah we'll be there yeah <laughs> that's yeah. fun all right so you're bringing your partner in crime that's too, right man. dallas mcgee will be there with okay. me okay 100 percent. yeah i'm bringing his uh can can tanker himself <laughs> That's going to be fun. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, uh, for both of it, your passion, your energy for this work, I mean, it just comes through. It, it's going to come through over the airways. It definitely comes through sitting in a room with you guys. And you're human. It, sometimes you got to run out of gas now and again. You, you, you got you to gotta stall sometimes and, and maybe, you know, maybe be in a situation where you need to recharge and you mm-hmm. need to go somewhere for inspiration or, or you need to go somewhere for inspiration to write that next song or to Absolutely. get motivated. To, um, where do you go for inspiration? I don't necessarily mean a place, but how do you guys recharge? And for me, it's, I, I go to the woods. I like to hunt and fish. Sure. And that's my church, man. I like, that is, so for me, if I can just walk in the woods, but where do you go to kind of reach? And I'll ask both of you and, and, and I'll start with you, Greg. Um, you know, for the longest time, my favorite place uh, was like chain restaurant bars. And when I say I'm talking about like a Ruby Tuesdays or an Outback, huh. especially if they're in a small town close to an airport, and I'll tell you why. People will come in and they'll sit next to you, and they know for a fact that they're never going to see you again. And they will tell you the deepest, darkest secrets that they ever have because <laughs> they want to get it off their chest. And then I'll turn around and turn it into a song. But, it, I mean, it's happened – I can't tell you how many times, but on the flip side of that, a hundred percent, you know, I like to throw my kayak in the water and disappear for a few hours without my cell phone and go fishing and just think about things. And that, that's a lot where my stuff comes from too. I am so glad I asked the question. No, that's <laughs> you didn't see that coming. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, minor situational. So, um, uh, Sometimes I put myself in these situations, and sometimes I just end up in that situation. But a lot, I like I like for a lot of the songs to to root from that. Um, but I tell you where I get a lot of like inspiration in terms of things that I wouldn't necessarily do, or things that kind of get just the, the my ball rolling in my mind is open mic nights because people are coming with their own original ideas and own different stylings of how they do things, and it may take something I already may have a lyric. But it gives me a different idea for a melody that I wouldn't that it wouldn't necessarily start, and like in an open mic, you know, I think with Greg's the one he hosts over at Mad Life. I mean, sometimes there's between eight and twelve different people, so there's so many different things happen. They're all playing two or three songs, so you're getting like this blend of all these different stylings and types. Um, so it kind of just it it takes what I may have already had, or it or it kicks off this new idea. Um, so I, I get a lot of inspiration from open mics. Yeah, and, and if you just keep your ears open and just listen, people will tell you things. It may, it may not even be something that seems significant, but the way other people say things sometimes will spark your brain up to a way that you would never, a turn of a phrase that you would never say, and then you're off to the races. What you're describing reminds me of what I think I heard on, on more than one episode where they um, – 
comedians and cars where yeah. the comedians get together. Jerry Seinfeld. And and they I mean they make such a science of just observing. Yeah. Right? And 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 they bring that in. Th- that impressed me and it impressed me just how much a uh, attention that they put to the craft and how focused like a Jerry Seinfeld will be uh, on how to to articulate the phrase and he may try that thing on like 13 different ways right yeah and yeah. words matter like yeah you know a, a simple turn of phrase like one word can change an entire song and it can be as simple as a word is like I don't know instead of using he there's another way to say that you know I mean yeah. it sounds simple to some, in some ways but when you take a when you basically have a whole page full of words and then you just start throwing every one of them out that doesn't have any <laughs> importance that's when you end up yeah. with a song in my opinion yeah and i you know to me i like the idea of crafting a song too because it once you have that song especially if it's a good song and you think about it you're probably going to play that song thousands or 10,000 times over your, oh, over the yeah. lifetime of that song so that that one word you know, maybe it makes such. You're going to say that one word so many times. It's worth it to go ahead and like, you know, chew that down yeah. to, to what you can get out of it. And songs grow too. I'm, and do. I'm sure that you've, yeah. you know, you write a song and you play it. You may play it for ten years, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh wait a minute, I, that verse. If I said this, it would say what I'm trying to say better. And I wrote the song, so I can change the song, you know. And then there'll be people out there. Well, that's not how it goes. Yeah, well, it's my song. <laughs> like my right. wife gets so mad at me sometimes because I'll have a song that you know I've had for years, and she'll hear me play it, and she's and like I'll play it. All of a sudden, I'll make it a waltz, and she, she's like, "That is not <laughs> the way you do that." And yeah. I'm like, "Well, it is now, or it is yeah. for tonight." And I think that's what's cool about. Um, music and at least as from like a song songwriter standpoint is um you know my hope is that i haven't written my best song yet so it's always that like trying to get whatever that is and the same thing like when you play one because um the way you play a song makes the words meaning different like the effect of what you're doing so you know especially like in storyteller songs like myself and greg you know a hard strum is one thing and then a palm mute is another thing in certain parts where you really you know, you really want the the lyrics to come through opposed to the melody of the song. Or you you know, what you're saying there is very important compared to the rest of the song. So uh, something I've, I've, I've been working on, especially from like a full band standpoint, is song dynamics. So, you yeah. know, like everybody's up here and down here. And I didn't really, I listened to a lot of music podcasts, and I didn't, from like a producer standpoint, you know, if you listen to a lot of these old country songs, a lot of the stuff they're doing is, you know, if they're, if they talk about a waterfall, if you really listen in the background, there's probably something, whether that violin's making it sound like water droplets or uh, something. You know, that you don't even necessarily consciously, yeah. or I, as a layperson, but right. Right. It's, I mean, it's really happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really a neat thing, yeah. um, you know, what can be done with music. So uh, what about collaborating with with another or several others in putting a song together? I, I would think that could be it, 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 um, at the same time, simultaneously, very challenging and maybe incredibly rewarding. You might be able to create something marvelous. Have you, you guys had some experience collaborating on songwriting? Oh yeah, I mean a lot of my songs that a lot of people, you know, when I say a lot of people know, but the people, the songs that people know by me that I've played for years, a mm-hmm. lot of those I wrote with my really good friend Matt Burrell when I lived in Ohio for a time. I'm not from Ohio, as you can tell by the way I talk. <laughs> You've adapted Bullshit. well if you are. <laughs> <laughs> I am not from there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of those things we wrote together, and a lot of things I write 
on my own or I don't know about you. Like sometimes I'll write some stuff and like I'll get stuck and I'll send it to Cody or I'll send it to somebody like Jonathan or just a friend mm-hmm. of mine that writes songs and like, hey, can you – I'm stuck. Like what? what's the next right. thing? And it could be as simple as they're like, hey, what if you went this direction? And that's all I needed. Like for some reason my brain was stuck on it. Yeah, I've, I mean, actually, uh, up to this point, the only the only person I've ever co-written with is my wife Lauren. She's also a great writer, and I say it's, it's kind of it's it's definitely a hard dynamic because a lot of the times I'm coming to it already have the melody um, and a lot of the lyrics, so I'm already kind of like tied to a lot of that stuff, you know. Right. Um, but she also brings a different perspective to things, which I think is needed in a lot of the stuff. Um, so I haven't co-written many but i need to work on it i think i think it only builds your um <clears throat> lyric integrity like working with others and um you know being open to changing things and just, you have to have a lot of trust with that person too because you know a song a song can be a very vulnerable thing depending on what you're talking about yeah, and you yeah. gotta have you gotta trust that person like hey i'm about to tell you something yeah. deep inside of me that I'm trying to get out or trying to handle, or maybe it's some kind of therapy. So that person better understand what you're trying to say too. So you were, you were speaking about um, the, I don't even know the right words for it, but the, 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 the rise and fall, the peaks and valleys managing through a song. Do you, do you do that with a, uh, an entire concert or a set too? Do you plan that out so that you take people up and high, fast and slow? Is that, that takes some planning too, right? It do, yeah, it does. So as a matter of fact, I, I just finished putting my set list together for our Canton Theater show. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and I think any any good show or somebody that's trying to pay attention for the overall show itself, they'll do that, you know, in terms yeah. of, I think different people have different ways. I can tell you for me personally what I like to do and, and what I'll do probably for the Canton Theater show is, is we come in pretty hot and then we work our way down a little slower towards the middle of the set and then we Mm -hmm. end it you know we so it kind of does if if you're visually looking at it it, it's here and then it you know and then we end out here so you kind of do this little bit of a wave some people like to do it the other way around some people you know start off hot and then they want to be tear jerking by the end of it or vice versa start off really slow and have a gradual increase but um for me there's often some design behind it whatever they decide yes yeah and for me the way i mean because I've been, I've been in a band. I was in a band for a while, but these days, solo or a duo artist most of the time. And a lot of mine has to do with, uh, am I going to make you laugh or am I going to make you cry right now? And like, it's intentional. Mm. Like, am I right. going to sing a song about my granddad or am I going to, you know, sing a song about, you know, knocking over a Milwaukee beer truck, you know, because there, <laughs> there's songs about both of those things, you know, <laughs> right. and, and, and so, and part of it for me is you read the crowd. Like if they're laughing a bunch, yeah. well, we'll just, we'll, we'll laugh a little bit together. And after, you know, five or 10 minutes, then I'm going to like, oh, now all of a sudden you got your Kleenexes out and you didn't see it coming. So like, there's a dynamic for me personally, like it, a lot of it has to do what, what are y'all out here in the seats giving me? And then yeah. we'll go from there. Especially, you know, if you're kind of back to Cody's point earlier, if you're playing a bunch of shows for free, that's a different thing. But this show, February 26th, like they're you get everyone in those seats paid money to see us. So right. I want to give them something that you're not going to see. If you come see me on a patio on Sunday or 
somewhere else where it's just me. I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you the stories behind the songs. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more. And, and quite frankly, you know, Jonathan and Cody may play you more songs. I may talk to you more than I play. <laughs> These guys may play you 12, 13 songs. I might play you six. You right. Know? But that's, you could take that to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true. You're going to be there, Stone Callum. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, one of my heroes has always been uh, Todd Snyder. And he had this whole intro, and I don't remember the whole thing, but the last part of it, he's like, I may go on as much as 18 minutes in between songs. And then it's, it's just part of what I do. And it may be because I'm a preacher's kid. And I'm used to seeing people stand in front of the microphone and just talk for a while. All right. So let's make sure that we leave our listeners with all the information, everything from we definitely want to make sure that, that everybody has uh, information on this upcoming concert. Yeah. But people are going to hear this a year from now, too, well sure. beyond the uh, concert. So I want to make sure that they have contact information. I want to make sure they know how to get to your radio show. Yeah. Uh, and so they can continue to follow. So whatever you guys think is appropriate in terms of whatever the social media stuff is, these you cool kids are doing these days, <laughs> the Instagram, the website, all that stuff. Uh, let's let's start with you, Greg. Lay it out there. Let's make sure we got it up. I mean, probably the easiest way to find me is just go to searchingformetaphors.com, and that'll take you everywhere. It'll take you to the uh, all my social media. It'll, you can find the Mockingbird podcast there. Um yeah, I mean, that's probably the easiest thing for me. Just look for searching for metaphors. Spell F-O-R. Spell it all the way out, not the number. <laughs> uh, and I, I, th- I think Jonathan Payton is Jonathan Payton or Jonathan Payton Music. If you search Jonathan Payton on Google, you'll find him. Yeah. Um, uh, mine is Cody Bolden, so CodyBolden.com. You can find all of the other stuff from that, but I think on Instagram it's Cody Bolden. Uh, I just started a TikTok. I think it's Cody Bolden Music. Um, but yeah, yeah, search for it and you'll find it. Any of those names, you'll you'll kind of if you Google yeah. it, you'll find us. Um, and then for this show, so we're going to be Saturday, February twenty sixth in downtown Canton at the historic Canton Theater. Uh, show starts at seven o'clock. Tickets are on sale now. I don't foresee us having tickets at the door. I mean, they're selling well now, and um, that's the hope anyway, is that we can sell out prior. So. If you're listening to this, you can get tickets at my website, CodyBolton.com. Uh, it's an event bright as well, so you can like search the Facebook event, get tickets there. Well, guys, it has been an absolute delight having you in the studio this afternoon, and uh, I'd like to make maybe a little more of a habit of this. We ought to get hey. together periodically, get caught up on what you guys are doing, get some stories from the road, Absolutely. get caught up on your yeah, show. Yeah, let's and, do it. Uh, and so I need you to come just, on my show, too. <laughs> you got it. We it's, talked about go. that a while back. <laughs> Too much fun. And off air, I'm going to get uh, uh, Jonathan's phone number because I need him to bring me back some cigars. He's still down there. Uh, yeah, right? He is. <laughs> I'll get it to you. So yeah. Give him a call. All right. This is Stone Payton for our guest today, Greg Chaddix and Goldie Bolden, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio. Mm-hmm.